Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29 of Peace Troops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta and Atlanta probably should be the focus of the NBA tonight. They are the uh, the Atlanta Hawks are the first team to pin a loss on the Milwaukee Bucks this season. They did it without Trey Young in the lineup and, uh, you know, perusing the box score here. Uh, trying to figure out what actually happened in this game. Let's see, Clint Capella, five points, two for seven shooting. Glenn, how bad was Clint Capella tonight? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm hearing a lot of that on Twitter. Like, Clint was bad, Hunter was bad. I don't think that's true at all. I just think the second unit was so good. And it's such a luxury to get a, a win against a team that hadn't lost a game yet. And to get to rest your your key guys like a lot in the second half, especially with a a busy uh, schedule the rest of the week. So Clint was very active, or as you know, you always always talk about organizing and stuff like that. So he was doing a lot of the stuff they're trying to establish on defense. He got them going early on. Milwaukee just shot over them for the first quarter. You know, I think they hit eight threes in the first quarter. I think it was so. But the Hawks controlled the paint. The whole game on defense, the entire game on defense. Giannis broke through a few times. He's going to do that against anybody, no matter how well you're you're playing to your principles and stuff. But Clint got them established and doing all the little things that they need to do. Not alone. Dre was actually helping organize quite a bit in, in the first half, too. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the, they what Dre and Clint did isn't going to show up so much in the, in the box score. But... Them establishing their priorities on defense early was, I think, what served them the whole game. And then the nice offensive outburst that came along from different people kind of kind of propelled them to a nice lead and helped them get that win. So, yeah, it's easy to poke at the Achilles heels. Uh, Clint right. on his non-dunk bunnies around the rim and, and DeAndre, you know, his dribbles at the beginning of possessions. His jab steps at the beginning of possessions. Like if you just clip that, neither one of those players is going to look very good. But if you take the larger picture of what did they do on defense tonight, they were absolutely huge. And you know you can look at things like, uh, you know, Clint drawing Giannis's second foul early. I think that really messed up Giannis's rhythm for the night, having to sit. And uh, you know DeAndre, for all his foibles, uh, you know initial. Initially, in some of those possessions, first and second half, I thought in the first half, you know, on a night when the Hawks really didn't have anything really going from three, you know, he was getting those DeJounte-like uh, mid-range looks. They they were counting on him to initiate more possessions with Trey out, and he was dribbling, you know, just inside the free throw line and then getting some of those rise and fire possessions from the middle of the floor that were key to... Uh, you know, just getting them some points to to get through the first half. Yeah, agreed. I I don't remember who who put this out there, but I saw a tweet earlier today, um, and I'll, I'll find it and retweet it. Um, but if someone was saying, you know, I I think it's underappreciated how effective a, um, a player is that can get to the rim, even if he's not a strong finisher, just a guy who can get to the rim. The benefits that come from that. Tonight, to your point, Dre was dribbling down into the heart of the Bucks defense, softening that up just generally, you know. And I think for the rest of the game, some of the looks that like AJ got coming off a strong action, coming down in there towards Nell, 
and stuff like was a result of kind of Drake kind of collapsing some of that, you know, early on and, and, and stuff. So it's a team, it's a team sport. Um, no doubt Drake for the Hawks to maximize this season, Dre's got to clean up the turnovers. He, he has to, we were saying that about DeJounte just what a week ago, you know, now, now, and he Dre's had a very never, clean game tonight. Super, super clean game tonight. And Dre's never going to get to where a point guard is, you know, right. with his handle, right? But it's, I mean, if someone wants to go, oh, my God, the turnovers drive me crazy. Yeah, I get it. Like, they're ugly. <laughs> like, they're super, super ugly. But he's right now he's doing so much other positive stuff for this team, you know, yep. and let, let's uh, let him keep doing that. And as we've talked for a while now, this team is really, their trajectory is to be set by their defense, and he's contributing so much. Uh, on that end um and uh i just you know it's just like i, I saw like right that long before we record i saw some justin holiday you know criticism out there i was like what an awesome game justin oh, like, good <laughs> grief what a fantastic game i mean he was getting yeah. after it on defense and he's, he his shots are going in and always looks better when your shots are going in but man his defensive uh effort tonight that, that's 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 the into the floor where this team is really going to kind of determine, uh, you know, what number of wins they can hit this year and what, what Dre's giving them and what Clint's helping them establish early. And then when you get kind of what they got from Aaron and Justin tonight, there's, there's a lot there that can serve them well. Yep. I went and uh, tracked down Clint after the game just mm-hmm. to ask him uh, because it seems like it, there's a little bit of a change this season. For him, I would just ask him, you know, are, are you trying to draw more charges? It seems like there are more instances where, you know, when somebody's driving the paint, he's not trying to go up to get it. He's trying to get it down low. And I don't know if part of that is like him trying to find his legs or whatnot. It, you know, uh, not this game. What was the prior win? New Orleans. New Orleans. That New Orleans game felt like the the first time that Clint really opened the throttle on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh and look like the player he was a couple of seasons ago. Um, but prior to that, it's like, you know, is he saving his legs? Is he, you know, just trying to be a little more deliberate? But he it de- does seem to me like he's trying to draw more charges. So I went and looked up the numbers. Uh, he's got six in 10 games after drawing 14 last season. He's tied for second in the NBA in, in charges drawn and To me, you know, and I'm counting the preseason too. I wish I had some official data on that. I don't, but I think, you know, that was something that I was trying to make a note of in the preseason. Agreed. I I think that's, that, that's something to keep an eye on going forward. Uh, It seems to be a useful tool for him. Yeah. So it's funny to see that and think, I'm remembering, I think you might have quote tweeted it. There's a a picture of Chris Vivlemore talking to Kyle Corver. (laughs) <laughs> going around Twitter and and we talking about Clint drawing charges. It's like I imagine, like in the not too distant future, in the Hawks front office, we're going to have Cal Corver and Ursani Lisova, kind of the shooting and the charge taking, and you know <laughs> the art of moving off the ball and kind of creating gravity and creating good quality shots on that end, and then the art of moving your feet, even if you have. This, uh, significantly substandard uh, quickness <laughs> and agility, which is, that's not Clint for his position. Uh, but it, it just it's so funny to kind of the way the way that you think about Hawks past and and the, when these things kind of kind of show up. But uh, I mean, I I don't know if this came up in your conversation with Clint, but I would you know thinking back to kind of even my own 
days being coached, like in high school, like move your feet, move your feet more. We're fouling too much. Move your feet. We're fouling too much. Move your feet. I, you know, I, I wonder if it's just partly an implementation to do the things that are going to help you kind of stay away from foul trouble as a team, which has been a problem, you know, for uh, you know, a good bit of the season here. Yeah, that actually came up this morning. Mm. Uh, and it, going to, to Kyle Corfer specifically, who was there at shoot around. There was there were a couple instances this morning where Kyle was talking to Jalen Johnson and Kyle got up. They were both sort of seated on a bench together, and Kyle got up and was do, doing some sort of gesticulation with his hands. It looked like something that was happening on defense. I'm on the other side of the the building, so I couldn't really see or hear the particulars. But um, you know, we asked Anyeka a few moments later about you know what exactly is happening with with him and Jalen Johnson together kind of anchoring those bench lineups from the defensive side and he said yeah I'm I'm always telling Jalen you know not to just try to play defense with your hands you know you implying that you've got to move your feet that it, it can't you know don't use your hands so much don't use your hands so much and then he's like and the reason I tell Jalen that is because my vets are always telling me don't use your hands, don't use your <laughs> hands, which is funny because like the one thing that, you know, that you want to nitpick with Onyeka, it's like, stay out of foul trouble, stay out of foul trouble. Cause when he does that, he's, he's something else. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I, I, I want to talk about the bench, but I, before I lose track of um, this thought, what was the energy like in the building? It's, uh, I mean, you know, of course I'm out here and, the greater Seattle area watching on TV. And it seemed like the energy was really good. It seemed like it was a loud crowd. Um, was, was I misreading it through the? No, that that was a heart pumper. I, I I do remember some at some point in the second half, Dejounte did something, and you know the crowd erupted. And it's like, oh, okay, that's that's a nice uh, reaction for Dejounte to hear because it's not. You know, there are times in, in State Farm Arena where it's like, ooh, you know, I don't know that you would want to be a Hawk, Hawks player in the arena hearing that. Like yeah. in that Pelicans game, when the Pelicans had, you know, whatever special moment it was, like three minutes left, two minutes left, when the quote-unquote collapse begun, because it, it wasn't an actual collapse. The Hawks ended up pulling it out. But at the in the initial stages of that collapse – there was like one section of Pelican fans that just went ballistic. It's like, wow, you probably shouldn't be able to hear them quite so loud. But then tonight was like the flip side of that. When when DeJounte made a couple of plays late, they were just massive ovations for him. And, you know, for a player really getting the limelight for the first time in his home arena, Trey out of the game and all that, it's like that. that's a nice moment for him to feel that to, to make him comfortable in Atlanta. And I, I think the energy was good. Awesome. That, yeah, that's great to hear. Seen that, seen that way on TV. Um, how about AJ Griffin? Wow, that was that was a lot. And and really, I you know, there was like one play on defense where it's like, oh, that wasn't great, AJ. But like, really on both ends, I thought you know, obviously the offense was just an incredible plus. They just need that kind of player so much. But yeah. you know, I thought he held up really well on the f- defensive end, save for like one or two plays too. Yeah, and even on those plays that you know, I went back and rewatched, uh, you know, a good bit of it. Uh, he was trying to get to the right spot. He was trying to make the right play. He's just right. a little, a little slow. And I mean, the, yeah. yeah, the Bucks are the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks are a veteran <laughs> team. This group has been together for a while. They know what they're doing, man. They really know what they're doing. 
Um, and so if you're even a half step late, they're going to see that crease or they're going to see that seam, that opportunity and stuff like that. So, um, but you know, I, one other thing that I uh, kind of shared out on Twitter a, a bit ago was that monster left-handed dunk that Giannis had, right. Where it felt like, okay, that could, when that happened, it was like, okay, this could swing the energy. Cause I think the Hawks were up five to seven points. I think the dunk maybe got the bucks back to a five point deficit or something like that. And it just felt like, I think it was the effect of having watched Hawk, this Hawks team the past seasons, something like that happens and they hang their head, they look at each other a little sideways, you know, oh, how do we let this, you know, momentum kind of turning in. And I went back and I found that play and I watched it as soon as that play, like John came in and, and tried to challenge Giannis. Yeah. Bravely, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, and, but did it without fouling, which was, which was you know, a plus to avoid the foul. But as soon as Giannis made that dunk, like like three other guys just professionally calmly turned, started going up, you know, the other end of the court. You know, two guys operate the inbound pass to get going. And there was no drama, there was no hanging their head, there was no change in posture or you know body language at all. It was just like it's like this team now realizes like, you know, a guy like Giannis, he's gonna get you a few times a game at a, you know, at a minimum. That's it's, it's just gonna happen no matter how good uh you're playing, no matter how well you're executing your principles and they just man, they just turned the page and 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 kind of moved on. And 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 that's that's about the time of the game the Hawks started to get a little bit of more separation there. And so just I mean, just these last two games, you know, um the Pelicans game, like that level of defensive execution is is what they need and we and we've talked a little bit about how you know that's going to determine really what this season is for them and i was curious like because we've seen this hawks team like do it for a game or two before and they kind of slide back into the mode of that we're all i i've described it on twitter and gotten a lot of people to agree like that's a good way to characterize it in the past how much defense do we really have to play tonight to win? Like, let's play just enough. De- you and I have even talked a little <laughs> bit about that dynamic. And against the Pelicans, it was like, thank goodness that they let, didn't let go of the rope because that that mad kind of push back the Pelicans got. And tonight, even when the Bucks made eight, well, I think eight threes in the first quarter, they were keeping the Bucks out of the paint, and they were just like, we're, this is what we're doing. We're keeping them out of the paint. If they make threes, they make threes. We're gonna, we need to close out better. We need to get over those flare screens better that they like to run to pull the shooter back towards the ball. Uh, inverted flare screens, whatever you want to call those things. And they did tighten up their closeouts. They did tighten up, you know, the way they were navigating screens, but they continued to emphasize the fact that they were going to not let the Bucks kind of get into the paint all night long. It's okay. Here we go. We got two, you know, two games where the communication is excellent, the connectivity on defense is excellent. Um, their ability to, after a bad position, a bad possession on defense, turn the page, go back and play offense, come back, set it up again, and kind of go again. And and this is the thing, like, I can't wait to see, you know, do we get a third game uh, like this on Wednesday? Do we get a fourth game on Thursday? And I always have to, you know, I, I try to warn, you know, people like the, the Bucks were t- Bucks were a tired team tonight. There's no doubt about that. That was part sure. of what happened tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Come Thursday, the Hawks are going to be a tired team, you yep. know? And and so you can't you have to adjust I think your expectations a little bit. Can you push like coaches will talk? We have to push through, right? Even if our legs aren't all the way there, we got to double down on our communication. We got to double down on our being proactive and things like that. So it's just a, you know I want to get to a little bit more AJ and Justin and things like that. But 
man, this this the two games now of like, I would say this is what they have to do on defense to win fifty games this year. This is what they have to do consistently on defense to win fifty games this year. And you know, it's gonna be fun to to watch and see if that if they're able to uh, deliver on that kind of consistency. Dejounte kind of slipped in his post game interview. He said something to the effect something to the effect that the the Bucks were the defending champions, which <laughs> that's the Warriors now. But I kind of sympathize with it because, like, the Bucks don't have Chris Middleton right now, right? But they do have Brooke Lopez, who they didn't have for the vast majority of last season. And in a weird way, that the Bucks feel more like the Bucks, like with Lopez and without Middleton, necessarily than than with Middleton and without Lopez, like. Just that defense that they line up when they've got Giannis, Lopez, Drew Holiday on the floor at the same time, uh, sprinkle in some Javon Carter. Uh, yeah, you got you got Portis coming off the bench to give him yeah. another big, big dude that's really well organized on the back end and in that drop coverage. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, just, it's funny. Oh, go ahead. I say it's funny that Warriors titles just feels like a time warper, like like. An aberration in the time timeline, you know. I mean, I, it was so for me satisfying to see Steph win it like without KD and 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 Steph win it kind of with him being the clear leader, you know, kind of of that group. It was just you know to see Steph get a different kind of championship was great. But I don't I like coming into this. It, I, I think I predict the Warriors would be like sixth in the West. I just I just think you know we all know they can't go full speed this whole regular season, but I think the Bucks are the best team, you know, right yeah. now. And uh and yeah, and like I said, they were a little tired, but that doesn't mean that the Hawks weren't deserving of the win that they got tonight. And especially like as good as Jalen was, as good as AJ was, as good as Anyeka was. And and then Nate, like oh my God, Nate didn't turn back to his vets, you know, to put really to put this game away. He rode that that young group, you know, for a long time. You know, there in the second half, it's like, wow, like this is different. <laughs> you know, this really, it, it's all different. Young guys are playing and contributing. They're doing fine on defense. You know, Jalen's, you know, show, bringing his athleticism to bear. AJ's coming off of screens and, 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 and the action they're running specifically for him, looking to shoot the basketball, looking to create a shot. It's like, this is different, you know, and, and, and we'll see how much sticks. You know, and it's going to be up and down. They're, they're human beings. We're all, all of us in life are up and down and have, you know, uh, we ascend, you know, good days. And, and then we have days where things are, are struggle and we, we are kind of seeing more kind of adversity and things like that. But it's, it, there's, it's unquestionably just a different experience watching this group so far this year with all the young guys and the Nate, you know, doing some things on the fly, like whether it's the tagging high in Detroit or the, matchup zone in New York and now sticking with this young group that were that were just really in rhythm. That's that's just different. Yep. Yeah, just just going back to the the Bucks defense for a second, you know, I, I was impressed with how the Hawks were able to generate consistent offense against that defense. Uh Hunters Hunters turnovers aside it just felt like uh, 
with Murray running the show, with 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 Hunter doing stuff, they were able. You know, they're they're not a three point shooting team, especially with Trey out. They were able to to get to fifteen to sixteen feet for some jump shots, and and they were they were doing a good job getting to those spots. They were doing a good job hitting the shots, and especially, and this was a problem in the previous game against Milwaukee. They just weren't turning the ball over in that spot. Uh, Hunter had some turnovers, but they were more just erratic stuff, not like location based, not just, uh, you know, there, there were a number of times in the first matchup of Milwaukee where they would get to the free throw line and then, you know, the guards were digging and getting the turnovers in that spot. And tonight that didn't happen as much. And, you know, AJ Griffin was in on it too. You, you posted a clip of, you know, how the Hawks were using, I think you said, you call it strong action where he's coming out of the corner around one screen, kind of getting the ball in the middle of the floor going down the lane and, and he was making good decisions and getting good shots in in that action. And you know, he kind of joined in the fun with, with DeJounte and, and DeAndre Hunter in that, in that role. Yeah. Agreed. It's, it's, um, it's just so pivotal to kind of get that. And then, you know, and another thing that kind of struck me tonight, and I don't know how, if this will kind of resonate with you, but you know, DeJounte, when he was on with, uh, AJ and JJ and then Yeki, yeah, those young guys, right? Those guys are cutting more. They're moving like more. You know, they're they have this kind of youthful energy about them. When when Trey's on, he has the ball. Trey wants everyone in a certain spot, and he doesn't necessarily want you moving, right? He wants Clint behind the defense in the ducker spot, somebody in the weak side corner, somebody on the weak side three point break. He wants that seam on the strong side for him by putting a shooter in the strong side corner. Start there, and then as the defense moves, we'll kind of all move together where DeJounte's got the ball up front. And we saw the play where Jalen had the ball because DeJounte had moved the ball to Jalen there, like near the the free throw line, and Yucca cut, and Jalen gave mm-hmm. him that nice, nice, you know. And so it's just interesting. I, I, I think there is kind of different stylistic things to still kind of mesh there where – when it's DeJounte and the young guys, which would be huge if that's a unit they could rely on you know, this year. The young guys plus Justin. I call I call Justin the chaperone tonight. Um, but like where it's DeJounte in this movement and this cutting in that, that kind of that that youthful energy that's there. And with Trey having, you know, a little bit more, you know, I want everybody at a certain spot because if if they if if I can move that one defender, I know exactly where I'm going to throw this left-handed skip pass all the way across the court to somebody for open three. And so it's just going to be it's still going to be interesting to see how those guys get integrated, you know. But it was zipping tonight, the whole night, and and that that's not me. You know, that's not me being critical of Trey. It's just still there's an exercise for this team. Like, okay, how do we maximize? what Trey brings and DeJounte bring, how do we, what do we do with all of that stylistic complexity when they're both on the court? And, and there's some, I think there's still some, some work to do there. Um, and, um, and I think it's a good problem for them to work on. I think it's a good, a good thing. And like, and like I've already said before, our previous episodes and with others, like, I think they've given each other a lot of room, a lot of space, which is great, which is really mature of both of them. But um you know, if if they play this kind of committed defense all year long, they're gonna buy time for them to figure out the straight is on day thing. And I'm and it's not I'm not at all saying it's bad. I'm just saying to get to their apex, like really figuring out how does DeJounte go aggressively when he's on with Trey, 
how does Trey maybe kind of get comfortable with that much movement instead of having guys exactly where you trace like a chessboard, you know, kind of thing. So it's, it's going to be fascinating to see, but um, I mean, I, Justin on defense tonight. Oh, oh my goodness. Like, like that whole set, especially the second half, but that time he came down on Giannis at the nail and dug from behind him and the Giannis moved, turned around the opposite direction. First of all, Justin made Giannis pick up his dribble, threw it to corner in the weak side corner, Portis is getting ready to launch from the weak side corner. Justin sprints out, closes out of him, gets the hands up, you know, uh, gets Portis to not take that shot, gets Portis to turn the ball over. And then I was just laughing kind of the rest of the way up because, like, I, I think I looked up at one point, there's like five and a half minutes left. The Hawks start by 25, but Justin is still just flying, <laughs> flying <laughs> around on defense. And I'm like, okay, I think that's because your brother's on the other team. You know, there's a little something extra here, and that's, and that's fine if that's the case and stuff like that. But it's like one of those things, like, when a lot of people would like, okay, four and a half minutes left, whatever, they're at 25, which turned out like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, Justin's too much fun to watch right now. But, uh, you know, I, I know Hawks fans, based on what I see on Twitter and elsewhere, like, I've been, Super down on him, man. That that was some fun. That I, I was just having a blast watching him play defense tonight. Yeah, before the game, Aaron and Aaron and Justin were sitting on the baseline. This is like you know an hour and a half, maybe an hour and fifteen minutes before the game. I think they'd probably already done their pregame warm ups and and you know. I think John and Clint were getting their warm-ups in, but they're sitting there with, with their wives and all their kids on the baseline. And Drew Drew comes over and you could see the kids get excited to see their uncle come over to 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 say hi. And they're all climbing all over him and he's, you know, kind of hamming around, cheesing with his nieces and nephews. But uh I think I somebody said on the broadcast that that was the first time that Aaron and Justin had beaten Drew. So I mean, when you talk about him going full throttle late in the game with a massive <laughs> lead, he was probably just trying to make sure, Hey, I got one we, or it was, you know, we was together as teammates, but Hey, we got one together finally over, over Drew. Cause they've, you know, they've, I think they've had a fair number of tag team games against Drew to this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can see that. Yeah. As a, <laughs> as a, as a twin, who had an older brother one year ahead of the two of us, like, you know, we were, it felt like we were always chasing my, even though it was just one year, my older brother and his, his friends were always, you know, obviously physically maturing ahead of us. And, and uh, my twin brother and I were chasing you know, any opportunity to get a satisfying kind of, you know, come up. It's kind of win like that. So uh, that's always not an empty example. It's uh, nothing similar, but I just said, I have a, I guess a, bit of a personal experience that I can kind of tap into <laughs> it and imagine a little bit of the emotion that maybe Justin and Aaron were feeling there. Well, speaking of teenagers, uh, what what else did you see from AJ Griffin tonight? I think one uh, pretty impressive status, he went eight for nine from two. I, I mean, you know, the footwork, the, the orientation to the basket, even when he's spinning, um, knowing the spot that's going to be there when he when he gets a screen and he reads what the defender is doing, it, I'm like we're not even ten games into the season. I can't believe he's showing that much precision 
in the in everything he's doing. You know, is it's just it's just a it's amazing. And you know, well, I just have to say, like, okay, opposing teams are going to get a lot of uh, video from this game. Okay, yeah, this is what AJ's comfortable doing. This is like what, right. Know, so he's he's going to get some pushback. And he's going to get you know something differently, but still, just the raw ability for him to be that precise in his footwork in the spots he's getting to knowing what spots are going to be there a one dribble like knowing it looks like before he gets the ball he knows i'm going to be one dribble shoot two dribble shoot i'm going to go towards Sunel, read the defender and then pull up or or change the you know and it's just it's just such a robust package that he has to kind of put to use there but i mean i, I could spend like 30 minutes like talking about like all the things, but just, 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 just even when limit the conversation to you, he knows when he's getting a one dribble shot. He knows when he's getting two dribble shot. He knows when he's getting a catch and shoot. Just that alone is really, really, really impressive. He's showing more than that, but even just limiting it to, to that, like that's, it takes some guys five, six, seven years to get to the point where they know like, okay, yeah, I'm getting this screen. My defender just did that. So I'm going to have to take one dribble inside or one dribble side step or whatever. He nailed it all tonight. He just he nailed it all tonight, and it's just it's just so impressive. And I can't I can't wait to watch him on Wednesday. <laughs> you know, I it's 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 that much fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And even the defensive effort and the in his interest in staying connected on defense, even when he's still fairly mistake prone, you know, in some areas is yeah. Man, it's it's such a lift for them to, to get that from him, especially with Bogey still out. Uh, and anything else you want to include here? Got a few minutes left. If you want, uh, no, just, just I'm tired. Play. This is a long game. Eight fifteen yeah. start. I'm just I, I'm out of material. Take yeah, over, you're, Glenn. You're you're the night. It's it's funny. We're we have such a weird dynamic because you're three hours ahead of me. But I'm the one who's like, oh, Kevin, I got to record. But I, but I, I have clients all over the place. So I, I, I'm often working on like an Eastern Time Zone, and I'm up at five or six in the morning every morning with clients or with my own team and things like that. But last question is, do you get a, do you have a feel for uh, kind of where where Trey's status is, like heading to the two games in the middle of the week? Any idea at all? Uh, the only two things that stood out to me were today were. You know, we get to see the very end of practice. I didn't, I didn't catch sight of Trey in any way, shape, or form at all this morning. So I don't. He wasn't involved in any way in in terms of like the late part of shoot around. And then the only other thing is that there was like a status change late. So he was originally listed as questionable. Uh, that became doubtful very shortly before final decisions had to be made. Anyways. And then it was out after that. I didn't see him warm up at all. There's a gym in the back. So, I mean, he he could warm up privately, I think, if he wanted to, just as like a, a warm up before the warm up. Um, but I didn't see him at all in warm ups. I was kind of, you know, I spent more time courtside in the pregame than I usually do just trying to catch, okay, how much did Trey do? And I didn't, I didn't see him at all for, for pregame. The only, the only, and, and so I don't think he warmed up tonight, at least not on the in the main arena, the, the regular kind of warm up when he's out there and, and John's out there at the same time. And the only other thing I think that's notable here, too, is that the injury, the way they classified it, I think, changed. I think it was listed as a calf muscle and when they were, did sort of the 
in-game announcement of the injury against the Pelicans. And then for this game, it was listed as some sort of shin ailment. Uh, so I don't know if exactly how that worked out over just it was just some clarification, but I think I think that changed as well. Yeah, well, I mean, in, in my experience around athletics and injuries, I think my like the most aggravating injury I ever had is a calf injury. Like a calf muscle is an absolute pain in the backside to recover, and that's the one where you, even you hear athletes say like. Man, I felt like I was all the way there, and like the first time I went out, went full speed, it grabbed, you know. So if it's a shin instead of the calf, I think I think that's generally positive news, just based upon my my experience, you know, and things like that. So we'll, we'll hope we'll hope for that. Hope that hope that he's okay. Um, you know, Utah, then Philly, Philly, I think is the rest of the week, right? Um, so Utah's playing way over their expectations, and then if the Hawks are going to kind of be in the mix, uh, you know, head to head results versus Philly are going to be important. So big, big week ahead. Um, but Hey, uh, it, it feels just feels to me like more than you can control shot making more than you can control other things. You control your defensive energy, intensity, connectivity and stuff like that. So like what I, I will say before these last two games, we saw it in just like little bits here and there. The last two games basically been start to finish. And uh, so if they can keep that going, I'm really, really encouraged for the team. Uh, if, if I could just close up with a couple of notes here, I, yeah, I got a story up on hawks.com today on the Hawks and their captains for this season. So, so go read that. Hopefully my next story, I, I think it's going to be on, on Jalen Johnson and, and his defense, which was really massive tonight. I thought they, they gave him the, uh, the big post game medallion medal, whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, AJ got the offensive one and Jalen got the defensive one. And then somebody pointed out to me this week that they did not like the political ads that they were hearing. Uh, if, if I could control the ads that, that show up in the podcast, I would. I don't have any particular say about it. I'm annoyed as much as anybody, not just for the ones that I get on my podcast that, that you're listening to now, but just, you know, watching TV at home. It's like another one, really? It has to be like this, you know. Mm. No, no, I have no editorial control (laughs) over that. Uh, I certainly probably don't sympathize with some of them. And, uh, you know, feel free to uh, utilize the 15 second button as much as you need to there. But I I can't do anything on that end. Maybe maybe at some point we'll be on another platform where we don't get that. I have no idea. But for now, that's where we are. And we have no uh, editorial say over such things. Yeah, right. I'm I'm ready for I'm ready for I mean voting is really important, you know, all that. Yes, I'll, I'll go vote that. tomorrow. But I'm ready for the emails to go away. I'm ready for the text messages to go away. I'm ready for these ads for sure. to go away. I'm ready for a break from all that sort of stuff. So whoever uh kind of reached out with that, we're right we're right there with you. We're yeah. right there with so you. <laughs> do do the voting in action and uh I guess you probably won't hear this until election day itself. Uh, if you know you're in a place that's has their elections tomorrow and uh, go vote. And hopefully, <laughs> at least for us in Georgia, be, you know, if, if you want to avoid all the ads and such, uh, maybe we'll get that clear cut, decisive result that ends with uh, no runoff so that the ads end sooner rather than later. <laughs> Doesn't seem like the likeliest thing, but we can hope. Yeah. All right, Glenn. I appreciate you taking the time to do this tonight. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Have a good night.